That's good. Thank you, Mrs. Riley. Really helpful things. Father, we want to um, come before you this morning and continue our worship as I bring the word. Father, give us ears to hear what you are saying. Father, help me to remember what I've prepared. And Father, give us your voice today. Speak to us, God, that we may may hear you clearly. That you would break mindsets, that you would change thinking, that you would renew minds. In this place, God, Father, do a deep work in us. And Father, that we may walk out of here different, that we may walk out of here changed. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I want to start with a story that many of you would have heard, and it's my story around about four years ago. Uh, four years ago was, some, was one of the worst times in my life. It was a time where I was working way too hard. I wasn't taking days off. Um, I was out five nights a week, as well as working throughout the day. Um, it was a time where my thinking was really poor. I was still a people pleaser, I was perfectionist, um, and I had at the time some leadership things I had to work through as a church, at, at, at church, which was keeping me up at night and not sleeping that well, and I was waking up processing this stuff, and I was really under the pump, and my thinking was really poor. And one Sunday, I think it was the first Sunday, the Curtises were at church, I think, or the Thomases, because you guys were both at lunch. The Thomases, the Kellys, Thomas and Larissa. Um, we, I spoke on that Sunday morning, and I went home, and they came for lunch, and then I sat on the couch, and I, sat, and I stayed there. I was exhausted. Was that the first time you guys were at church? First time you were at lunch in our place. And I sat on the couch, and I just ran out of energy. I said, Michelle, I'm in trouble here. Um, I don't think I can preach tonight. I think Michelle went down and preached. And that week I eventually picked up energy and prepared another message and preached again and again sat on the couch for a few more days. At that time I started to get some physical symptoms that were concerning. I had tingling in my face, a tingling in my cheeks. And I went to the doctor and the doctor wrote a referral to see a neurologist. Dr. Dr. Michelle, my wife, doctor. Michelle, my wife, looked up Dr. Google. And as as you do, who thinks that's a good idea? It's not a good idea. Do not look up Dr. Google. It's bad. Talk to Dr. Nathan. He's actually a doctor in the back row. And tingling in the face, one of the symptoms is could be a brain brain tumor. So um, in my poor thinking, anxious state, um, went to the neurologist after two weeks after the referral, busting to get there and the neurologist stuck pins in my head and did all these tests and he says, Nathan, I think it's just stress and anxiety. Oh, awesome. I'm right. Cool, let's get back on with life. And so as I continued, the, the tingling continued and I, having, I kept feeling tired and then I had these horrible thoughts come from Satan and it was a horrible, violent thought towards my children, which freaked me out, freaked me out. What is that? How could I think that? Um, what's wrong with me? All those things. And, and it got stuck, and it kept coming back, and I, and I couldn't throw it. 
So I went to see a psychologist. And the psychologist says, Nathan, you have anxiety. It wasn't severe. It was only moderate. I thought it was severe. And she said, the reason that thought comes is because you have OCD and you have, which is not a surprise for anyone, is it? And you have this thing that's around thinking where it's, it, it's, it's anxiety connected. And if you're anxious, these thoughts can come and they can get stuck and they go round and round and round. And she said, you're going to have it for life. And I went, no, I'm not. I'm not going to have that horrible thought for life. And I no longer have it, praise God. Um, and then I went on this journey of, of rethinking life, of thinking through the people-pleasing, which I've shared about the last few weeks, thinking through the perfectionism, and understanding about thinking and understanding about anxiety, because I knew zero about it. I devoured books, on, and I'm not much of a reader, but I devoured two books in two days on anxiety as I tried to work out what was wrong with me. I started to exercise I did less nights out. Through that season, I learnt to trust God at a level that I've never trusted Him before. And four years later, or almost four years later, I'm a completely different person, and I'm still a bit anxious because I still jump around and do my little things. But my my thinking's under control. I take days less nights out, exercise regularly, much much healthier. The reason I had that situation in my life. About two years to feel normal again, I think. About two years to feel normal again. Obviously, I got better and better and better and better. But after two years, I was like, no, I'm pretty good now. It's because of my poor thinking. Because of the beliefs that I had, because of the lies that I believed. And my thinking got me to that place where I was in trouble. You know, we've been... um, Cover the slides, please. We've been talking about our theme for this year is forward. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at roadblocks to moving forward. And what we said over the last few weeks, so when we talk about forward and the main way that word is used in the Bible, is that when people step forward to take initiative to serve God, they, they are step forward to be obedient, to do the thing God wants them to do. They step forward to fulfill a calling that, that, are, that are God has for their life. And in this series, we talked about the roadblocks, the things that, that hold us back from moving forward. And we said they include, last week we looked at fear and how fear holds us back. The week before, we looked at a lack of vision, how that can hold us back from moving forward. We've mentioned about guilt and shame or feeling, comf- uh, feeling comfortable and that life's okay. So that then, well, I don't want to step out because that might make me uncomfortable. Or maybe you feel like, You've done it in the past. Well, I've served God in these areas. And my message to you is, God's not finished with you yet. And there's all these reasons why God can, God can, nothing to do with God, where we can hold ourselves back from moving forward. And so the thing, the thing, the roadblock I want to smash this morning is around thinking. I emailed out, when we did the, the email, I wrote that I was going to speak about anxiety and depression. And that was the original idea. But thinking is like the roots under the ground of anxiety and depression. Because usually not always, because sometimes there's medical reasons, it's genetically in the family, you inherit stuff. But, but, but very regularly, anxiety and depression is linked to our thinking. And it's the roots under the surface, the thinking under the surface that is displayed 
through anxiety and depression. What I want to say this morning, friends, is thinking affects doing. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. Thinking affects doing. How you think about something will determine how you respond to it. How you think about something will determine how you respond to it. How you see the world will determine how you respond to the world. If you see the world as a dangerous place, as a hard place, that's your thinking on the world, your response is that you can withdraw from the world and maybe become a recluse or there's different, obviously different levels of how, how much you withdraw. But if you, think the world, but if you think the world is a wonderful place and there's so many things to go and explore, that's your thinking, how do you respond? Well, you take lots of trips, you go overseas, you get outside and you meet people and you experience the world that God's made us. How you think about others, how you think about others will determine how you treat them. If you see somebody who is worthy of great respect and great honour, well, guess what? You treat them that way, don't you? You treat them with respect and honour. But if there's someone who has hurt you, or someone who has hurt someone who you care about, it's easy for you, and we shouldn't do this because we're followers of Jesus, but it's easy for us to have a negative view of that person. And if we have a negative view of that person, it's easy to speak negatively about them, to have a hard heart toward them, to hold a grudge towards those people. Because how we see people, our thinking about people, will determine how we respond to them. And what Mrs. Riley picked up is around how we see ourselves. How we think about ourselves will determine how we live this life. You know, if you have a low self-image, you're less likely to step out. You're less likely to say something. If you have a low confidence, you're less likely to share your opinion with others because of how you feel about yourself. But rather, if you start to believe and start to think it's true what God says about you and the giftings that God has put in you, well then you back yourself. You back yourself and you choose to say, no, God's given me a, God's given me a gift. God's given me something that I can share and you respond in that way. You know, if you see yourself as God created you, as his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he has prepared in advance for you to walk in, if you see yourself as his workmanship, the one that he's made in Christ Jesus, loved, forgiven, and those five things that Mrs. Riley said this morning, you know, you have something to offer the world. You wake up in the morning and say, God, here I am, this day I'm here to serve you. I'm here to fulfill the purpose you have for my life. Friends, how you think about life how you think about yourself will determine how you respond to it. Friends, thinking affects doing. And so I want us to talk about this morning this, this, this roadblock in our lives of thinking. Because thinking regularly, poor thinking, wrong thinking, ungodly thinking regularly holds us back. Hey, Rico, thanks for doing that. Rick went out and led the music with the kids today. He's been singing songs with them. Thank you, Rick. Great job. Yeah. Great job. Our thinking, poor thinking, can hold us back from the things that God would desire from our lives, would want for us as, as believers. God wants us to renew our minds, to think the way that He thinks. And there's, and there's this really cool passage in 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it's very well known. It says, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, oh, I should read it, shouldn't I, not to memorize it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, I was going to say spiritual act of worship, true and proper worship. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his his good, pleasing and perfect will. Let's just take a bit of an, an aside for a moment. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in the book of Romans, the first 11 chapters, the Apostle Paul deals with God's mercy. What God has done for us through his Son, the Lord Jesus, how he died on the cross, who has set us free from the law, from sin, from death, and all the things that God has done for us. In view of that, therefore, because of all that Christ has done for us, how do we respond? He says, offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Sacrifices were, were things that, that were put on an altar and killed. And they, um, they are laid their lives down. And so that, that's true for us, that as Christians, God wants us to lay our lives down, living sacrifices, because this is how we worship God. And worship's more than just singing here. Worship is a lifestyle. And so we lay down our lives and we live a life that honors God. Then we have verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of this. Friends, when you, when you renew your minds, and you, and you renew your minds in accordance with God's will and God's purposes, you think differently, and thinking affects doing, you act differently. As we start to believe the truth of God's word, as we start to understand what he wants for our lives. As we start to think differently about how we see ourselves, differently about how we see others, differently about how we see God in the world, we, we live differently. And it says here, as we get God's thoughts, as we start to think like God thinks, we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Why? Because we're thinking like God thinks. We have the mind of Christ. I want to look at um, two scriptures this morning. There's obviously one. Two more scriptures this morning that, that are deals with thinking specifically. And the first one is in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, which is now one of my favorite scriptures because it, it deals so practically with our thinking. It says this. It says, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, do not be anxious or do not worry about anything. Now, that's easy to say, isn't it? But that's what God's will is for us. That we're not worried or anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I love this verse. Why? 
Because it tells us really practically in how to deal with our thinking. Three parts to it. The first part's this. And if I've ever spoken to you about anxiety, I would have spoke to you about this verse. I'm talking one-on-one here. Because I love it. The first thing is that when we find ourselves thinking about something, worrying about something, sad, you can put depression in there if you like, sad about something, when we have these thoughts that are on our minds that are concerning us, the first thing God wants you to do is to tell God about it and commit it to Him. Say, God, this is the situation that's going on. I'm handing it over to you. That's His first thing. The second thing, Ask the Spirit of God to come and touch your mind. It says here that God will guard your mind. He'll protect your mind from those thoughts, yeah? Allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of peace, to come and put peace upon you. Supernatural power of God, peace upon you. First thing, recognize what you're thinking about and commit it to God. God, I'm worried about this. God, you deal with it. Holy Spirit, come and give me peace. God, and guard my mind. And then he gives us the next thing to do. Because when you're anxious, right, this is the pattern. You go, oh, I'm anxious about this. Okay, God, um, do, can, can you deal with that? Give me a piece. And you feel good for five minutes. And then the thought comes again. God, um, can, can, I'm worried about this. Can you deal with that? And then you give peace again. Oh, there it comes. After five minutes, it comes again. But the next thing is brilliant. I love this bit. And it's so unspiritual. I love it. Ready for this? Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, noble, pure, right, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, you're worried about this, you're committed to God, allow his peace to touch you, and then think about going to Wanda Beach. And going out the back, I took Aiden out of school on Friday. Is that bad as a parent? Whatever. We went out of school. I, I wanted him to do an 8K run. He, he got 4Ks into the run, and we were 4Ks away from the car, and he goes, I can't run anymore. So we walked and ran back. It took us ages. And then we jumped in the surf, and he got his bodyboard out, and I pushed him on the waves. Aiden's nine. I pushed him on the waves, and he catches one. But there was one wave that I shouldn't have pushed him on because it was one of those... And boom, over he went and got rolled. Dad, I couldn't come up. I didn't know where the top was. Yeah, that happens to all of us. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yes. Good fun. The beach does it for me. I love the beach, the water. You know what else, you know what else helps me? My holiday destination. You know what else does it for me? Thinking about my wife. Pure, praiseworthy, excellent, lovely, beautiful. Right. Whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you relax, think about that. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to one couple and, and the lady that I'm speaking to loves the rainforest. The rainforest is the, is the thing that does it for her. So I say to her, when you're anxious, regularly go to a rainforest. She's in an anxious period. Go once a week to a rainforest because it helps you to relax. Think about rainforests. I love this scripture. You're anxious about something? Commit it to God. Ask the peace of God to rest on your mind and protect your mind. Then think about something totally different that makes you smile, that makes you happy. Something that's good. The football, the television, something that's good, something that makes you smile. Do something totally different. Is that all right? Is that all right? Leading on to our second scripture, I want to show you a video this morning. Is a sound on the computer, Matthew. This is a, uh, who's watch, who watches border security? Here it is. 
on border security. A French backpacker with a suspicious scent. So those dogs are trained to detect drugs. Is forced to come clean. Do you use drugs? This tourist has three bags full. There's basically no clothing, it's all just food. All packed with surprises. It's a whole chicken. And this guy is on the run. He does have a number of quite serious criminal charges pending. But his past may have just caught up with him. There's a chance he may have to go to jail. Who watches border security? Why am I showing you border security this morning? There is a really good reason. The reason we have border security or customs is because... Can we have the lights up, Maddie? Thank you. The reason we have border security or customs is because we want to make sure that what comes into our country is safe for our country. You know where this is going yet? You know where this is going? So if someone brings a raw chicken in from China or wherever they're from... It could be full of bugs, it could be full of germs. Say, no thanks, not in our country. If someone wants to bring weapons in or bombs in or food in that's not gone through the proper checks, we say no thanks. But what we do allow in is people who are safe, not criminals, yeah? People who are safe, we, we, we let them bring their, their clothes in, we let them bring their iPhones in, their iPods in, and we, and we bring in um, items from overseas that have gone through the, the proper checks and regulations because we want to keep Australia safe. Custom officers have a manual. I'm I don't know this. I'm making this up. I'm assuming. There is some sort of book, right? There's some sort of manual that says the things that are allowed in and the things that aren't allowed in. Would this be true? It would be true, wouldn't it? Yes. Is that true? They would be. That would be true. And then, and then the custom officer, right? The custom officer then has to make a choice. Are you a customs officer? Quarantine officer! <laughs> How about that? That's amazing. A am I telling the truth here? Yeah. Oh, good. Anything else we should know about? Oh, wonderful. Good, Christine. Lovely to meet you. What's your name? Wendy. Wendy. Lovely to meet you, Wendy. Let's welcome Wendy, everyone. Welcome, Wendy. <laughs> quarantine officer. So as a quarantine... I shouldn't say as a quarantine officer because I don't really know. But these, these, these custom people, when, when, when the other people come with their items, they need to... And as people present what they're bringing to the country, these custom, these custom officers need to work out, does this fit the manual or does this not fit the manual? And they need to make a choice if they're going to allow it, allow it in the country. And the reason I'm speaking about customs is because it's a brilliant analogy for us as Christians. Just like custom officers decide what comes into Australia, church, we need to decide what comes into our mind and what stays there. And what we say, no thanks, and we're chucking out. Friends, God has given us a manual about the things we should allow into our country, into our mind and dwell on, and the things we should toss out. And, and just like a custom officer who has a manual, doesn't mean they necessarily obey it, because we have dodgy ones, I'm sure, not really, maybe, people who don't always obey the law. And as Christians, we have the word, but we don't always obey it. We need to make a choice to obey the word and decide what we're going to allow into our mind and dwell on. Is that a good analogy? Yes. Sam Riley taught me that analogy. I didn't make that one up. That's awesome. Thanks, Sam, for that, if you see me at the end of the service. And you know what? That's exactly what the Bible says. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5, Nikki, you're going to love this verse. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, now we're talking about prayer here and authority in prayer to begin with. He says this, They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's all about going into spiritual warfare, praying over areas, praying for people's lives, taking authority in the spirit realm. This is the bit I want us to focus on. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We don't just allow every thought that comes to us in and dwell on and become part of us, but rather when a thought comes, we grab a hold of it and we say, is this what Christ wants me to do? I'm going to make this thought obedient to Christ. If it's, if it's, for, if it's from God or us, I'm going to receive it. If it's not, I'm going to give it the customs treatment and say, no, you're not coming into this country. Is this good this morning? Here we go, three things. First thing is this. You need to be aware of what you are thinking about. So often we just allow the thoughts to come and go and become part of us, but we have to be aware of what's coming in the country. We have to stop the thought at customs and say to ourselves, am I going to allow this thought into the country? Or am I going to say, you're not welcome here? The second thing, work out where the thought came from. Now, I have some helpers in the crowd. Who's going to throw me the first one? Stephen, go. We need to work out. Oh, dear. That was a good throw. Let's try that one again. I need that. Can someone bring that back? Good, good try, Stephen. Go, Colin. Second chance. Second chance draw. All right. So, oh, look at this one. Here comes a thought, a thought that's been thrown at us. And this thought's from God. And this thought's going to be like, you're awesome. You're forgiven. You're chosen. You belong to me. God thought. Are we going to let that one in the country? Are we going to dwell on that one? We're going to dwell on that one. Now, I need another thought. Who's got another one? Beryl, come on down. Not come on down. Throw me your thought. Oh, good try. Good try. Hey, that wasn't there in practice, was it, Beryl? That wasn't there in practice. Oh, how about this one? Satan thought. You're no good. You're good for nothing. Kill, steal, destroy. John 10, that's what a description of Satan. You're no good. You're good for nothing. This thought comes. Now, the temptation is to go, well, that's my thought. And owning it. No, 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 no. It's not your thought. It's from the enemy. And are we going to let this one into the country? No. What are we going to do? Throw it away. No good. Is there a final ball out there somewhere? Come on, Colin. Good throw. Right. This one is a thought from me. I have thoughts. Do I have thoughts? Live, lots of thoughts. And you have thoughts too. Now, when you have a thought, it might be good and good for your country, good for your mind, or it might be dodgy, a memory, something that someone said ages ago. Are you going to keep that? So with your thoughts, some of them you're going to keep and some of them you're going to throw out. What's most important is that you, firstly, be aware of what you're thinking about. Secondly, work out where the thought came from. And finally, allow it in or throw it out. Work out where your thoughts came from and decide to allow it in or throw it out. 
It was Friday, the 7th of September, 2012. It was coming out of that, or still in that season of anxiety, poor thinking for me. And when you got poor thinking, you think about lots and lots of stupid things. It was a Friday, it was my day off, and I was writing in, you know, you, you, you go to Henry Lawson Drive and you go to Reesby and you go down onto the... National Park at the end of River Road, National Park down there. And I was on my push bike riding and I was talking to God and thinking and, 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 and I got stuck in this anxious thinking about my health. And what if this happened and what if this happened? What if I died and what if I got sick and what if this happened? Has anyone done that before? Yeah? And I'm, I'm talking to God and say, God, what's, what's, what's all this about? And I sat down by the water and I was praying and, and, it, and it was like God spoke to me so, so, so clearly. He said to me, Nathan, you can either live in fear or you can choose to live in trust. Which one are you going to live in? He didn't say that. That's my phrase. You can either live in fear or you can live in trust. And on that day, I had to make a choice. And it was an obvious one. And God did something supernaturally in, in, in me that day. It was like something happened in my brain, something lifted. I don't know what it was, but as I choose to trust, and as I had my iPod with earphones, I finished that prayer, and then I got up to leave. And it was like God said, no, I'm not finished with you yet. Sit back down. So I sat back down, and I listened to the next song. And it was the very, very first time I heard this song ever. And it was this song. We just sang third song this morning. I will not fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. Oh my God, you will not delay. My refuge and strength always. I will not fear. His promise is true. My God will come through always. Wow, what a life-changing gift that song is to me. And that was a big part of my renewing of mind and learning to, learning to trust God with everything. Because if I'm worried about my health, well, I'm not trusting God. If I'm worried about my finances, I'm not trusting God. If I'm worried about, I'm not trusting God. So I had to redo my mind, I had to redo my thinking to say, God, you're in control. I trust you. I rely on you. And aligning my mind with his word. And choosing to believe this is truth. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, even if it doesn't look like it's true, we believe it's true anyway. Because faith pleases God. and He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. So as we close this morning, as we do, we ask our get real question. Let's get real this morning. And the question is this. What are the thoughts that are going around your mind? What are the thoughts that are going around your mind that aren't aligned with God's word? Or what are the thoughts that are going around in your mind that God doesn't want there?
May we spend, let's, let's um, reflect on this. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. And God, that you will remind us of the thoughts that you don't want there. And let's take action this morning, church, around those thoughts. Let's tell God that you've believed a lie or you've been fearful or whatever it is. Tell God whatever thought that you're having. Now I want you to acknowledge the truth. So if you're fearful around your health, know that God's got your days numbered and he's holding you in the palm of his hand and that he's your healer. And you do not need to worry about your health. Whatever your fear is, whatever you're thinking about, remind yourself of God's truth. And now I want you to pray God's truth over your life. God, I choose to believe the truth over your life. Father, I pray that, it, that every mind in this place, supernaturally, God, by your spirit, will be renewed now. Lord, that you will break off, that you will cut off, that you will demolish wrong thinking in this place. That those things that have been brought up, God, that, that you remind people of so that they can deal with them, God, that they will be no more and that they will be continually to be reminded of your word. They'll continue to be reminded of your truth because the truth, God, will set us free we do not need to fear we do not need to be in bondage or depression or whatever's going on in our worlds or fear or wrong thinking or under condemnation because of who you are God Father help us to believe your truth in Jesus name Amen you know, I'm going to invite the worship team up this morning. And worship team, please come now. And if you'd like some prayer around thinking this morning, if you've got some thoughts that you can't throw or you want some prayer around another need, but particularly around thinking this morning, please come and stand with us. And we would love to pray with you this morning. Otherwise, be released. There's morning tea. You have the mind of Christ. Live in it. Amen.